Welcome back to Read It or List It. I'm Phoebe. And I'm Ashley. And we are so excited for today's episode because we are joined by Leah Koch, who is the owner, one of the co-owners of The Ripped Bodice out in Los Angeles, which is uh, one of the first and only romance-only bookstores. You heard that right. They specialize in selling only romance novels. It was an absolute delight to get to sit down with Leah. She was hilarious. She offered so many awesome book recs, and I can't wait for you guys to hear this episode. So here's our conversation with Leah. Welcome to Read It or List It. We are so excited to have Leah Koch with us today from The Ripped Bodice, the only romance-only bookstore in the United States, or the first. Is it the only or the first? I mean, depends on who you ask, but not really either. Um, <laughs> definitely not the only. Um, our friends at uh, Love Sweet Arrow uh, opened, they've been open for a couple of years now. Um, funnily enough, outside of Chicago, which is actually where I'm from. Um, nice. So now there's two. Um, and then first, you know, we just have no way of knowing because mm-hmm. of like pre-internet problems you know yeah there wasn't one open when we opened but I just think the likelihood trying to claim you're the first to do anything seems like a bad idea so we just I don't know maybe (laughs) well we are very excited because as our listeners know the uh, the evolution of our podcast has become very uh quickly throughout the last 20 months or 21 months because we started this right before the pandemic hit um has become mostly about romance and about the happily ever after so excellent we well thank you for having me would you like to tell our listeners a little bit about yourself my name is Leah, and I'm one of the owners of the Rip Bodice Bookstore, which is located in Culver City, California. That's a neighborhood of Los Angeles. The other owner is my sister, B, and we're originally from Chicago, but I have been living in Los Angeles uh, ever since I went to college, so a long time now. And we are, our current tagline is the only exclusively romance bookstore on the West Coast. I don't know. It keeps changing um, <laughs> as other people open or, or things change, but we specialize in selling romance novels of all kinds. We have been open. It'll be six years in March. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm a little ahead of, it's probably like five and a half now, but um, which is very hard to believe. Um, and it's absolutely a dream job. I really love what I do and can't believe I've already been doing it for that long. I know it's, I was, I was looking, you know, 2016, I thought that was only a couple years ago. And then I'm like, oh, that is almost six years ago. It's like you longer know? than you think ago. Um, yeah. yeah. It's quite, uh, quite crazy. Well, it's such a fun business to follow. I love following you on Instagram and TikTok and seeing everything that you guys are doing. Um, So how did, how did it come to be? Like, how are you like, we're going to do this? Yeah. I mean, uh, about seven years ago now, um, we were younger and um, naiver. I was going to say stupider, but that didn't seem very nice. (laughs) Um, So, um, you know, I think neither of us really knew what we wanted to do. Um, I was finishing college. B was finishing a graduate degree. She'd been thinking about being an academic. She has a degree in fashion history um, and then decided not to do that. 
Um, I wanted to work in movies for a, while, a long time when I was young. And then I did it for a year and decided, wow, I really don't want to do this. So, you know, we, we were, we wanted to work together. We wanted to, we actually like each other, shockingly. And we wanted to, you know, I think try to, I think the goal was combined various passions. Honestly, at this point, I don't even remember, um, <laughs> but I do remember the conversation was basically, you know, wouldn't it be fun if we had a store, it would be like we're in Gilmore Girls and we could be shopkeepers and yeah, it's not like that. Um, <laughs> okay, so what do we sell at this hypothetical store? And it was sort of like, oh, it could be like a gift boutique kind of like focused on women. And then we were like, well, we should sell books because we love books. Well, the books that we love are romance novels. So we should sell romance novels. What if we only sold romance novels? And that whole conversation was like four minutes. And then that just like decided the rest of our lives. We really didn't look back much from that point because in the way of 22 and 24 year olds, we were like, this is the greatest idea anyone has ever had. And no one is ever going to tell us otherwise. And we're just going to do it. And I miss that I, confidence of my early 20s. I did. I really miss it. I really <laughs> miss it. I just, people are like, I don't know. They're just like, how did you do this? And I'm like, I, we were, we just were so young and. There was also you know, a need for it. Cause we, yeah, for um, sure. we have uh, had other indie bookstores on. Um, and when you walk into an indie bookstore, the romance section is always the one that is smallest or it doesn't exist at all because they don't think it's going to sell. But we've said on the podcast many times before, the romance genre is like what fuels the publishing industry. So there was a need for a bookstore that would, that offered this. Yeah. I mean, it's, it kind of stinks because we also like, like being part of the indie bookstore community and we don't want to like shit talk anybody, but you're right. Like a lot of people have really negative experiences, including us. Like that is part of what fueled this. Um, you know, have either of you seen the Netflix show you? Yes. Yes. Okay. You know, Penn Badgley is like works at a snobby bookstore and he's like a snob yes. and also like a serial killer a murderer, but yeah. like <laughs> I, I do like he reminds me of so many like literary snob guys who like work in an independent bookstore and like think that they're so cool and it's really it's I've already seen it change a lot in the you know time that we've been open um and it's so often from you know booksellers themselves at indie bookstores who are often young women not always but um I just met some booksellers who are in town the last week from um Flagstaff uh Arizona mm-hmm. I can't remember the name of their shop I'll look it up but they you know were like the owner like wasn't really into it but was also like if you guys want to do it like I guess I'll give you a shelf um and now you know their their shelf is thriving um mm-hmm. and now they get more shelves um so it's definitely improving if you have that problem you can come visit the Ripotis. <laughs> yes. uh, it is absolutely on my bucket list I've gone to the west coast all of two times in my life uh I'm about to be for a third and if I am ever even in California, I will make the, whatever trek I need to, to get there because I want to see it. The last time I was at a bookstore, I got so excited 
because, you know, my TBR is endless at this point. I mean, there's never, I have like so many books to read and I love the feeling of a physical book. And I went into the bookstore and I first, it took me about 15 minutes to find the romance section. And then when I did, it was one row on one shelf. And I was like, you're probably um, like, I've read every single one of these books. Yes, all of it's them. all the same. It's the Unhoneymooners. Which, and there's nothing wrong with those books. We love those books. Yeah, but it's like a couple Nora Robertses. And yeah. right, a freaking huge Nora Roberts fan. Nothing wrong with Nora Roberts. But it, yeah, you're right. It's like often the same. We obviously, like the, the world of uh, romance is so vast. And there's so many different types of love represented in romance novels. And the smaller the section, the less opportunity there is to find all those different ones yeah that's what I was looking specifically for the charm offensive that's why I went in there and it was not there and I thought it had just come out that week and I thought why isn't it here and then I thought maybe maybe it would be in like the LGBTQ (laughs) section and no it was not there either there wasn't one so yeah Yeah, I surprised me yeah because you know they're yeah, if you're going to have your tiny romance section, you're trying to appeal to as many people as possible, which means that you start slicing away basically every, um, you know, community who is not, you know, your straight white people, which sucks. (laughs) Um, Because I have found that those are often um, the books that get people um, the most excited. Mm -hmm. Um, You have an online store. Yes. So anybody can place an order online and that's something that I really love about getting the opportunity. Like when, when we get to do this and we get to talk to bookstores, we'll always put the link for being able to order online. So that way you can support whatever bookstore you want, even if you're not in the area. And I guess that kind of speaks a little bit to a, uh, a hard part about being a bookseller is finding or finding books on the shelves that are going to cater to the audience that comes into into your bookstore what are some of the other like highs and lows of operating a bookstore highs are absolutely just meeting people something I didn't really think about I think when we opened you know because we were so focused on getting on getting open Mm -hmm. um is really is now longevity (laughs) there are a couple of kids that were um in utero when we opened um and those kids are five now (laughs) Um, (laughs) like literally their moms came in when they were pregnant and now that kid is like going to school. (laughs) Um, and that's, it's like pretty incredible. You know, we've seen, literally talked to a customer like about to go on a first date. They're married now. Like, you know, it's just, wait, that's so cool to get like, because Culver city is like, it's kind of a big place and in Los Angeles. So like getting that small town feel of like yeah it's, that's so special it's just, I and I didn't expect that at all to just to get to like you know get to know people and and just and witness you know milestones in their lives not not necessarily from close up but I think um you know you were talking about I people who have made pilgrimages um sometimes from other countries um lows are not I I don't are different from not different from anyone who's ever worked in any sort of retail or customer service job you know I definitely didn't expect to care so much about you know the paper supply chain and Mm -hmm. where cargo ships are in the world um which I do now um uh or like UPS 
routes, things like that. Um, the main high is, you know, really seeing, like, a- actually knowing that you succeeded in turning someone into a romance reader. Yeah. Um, there are plenty of people that, you know, we'll sell books to and we'll never see them again, but um, we do get people who we really sell them their first romance novel and then they become regulars. Um, what so is your really go-to exciting. recommendation for a first-time romance reader? I try to have a couple because the act- the recommendation for people doing the recommending is you need to have a little bit of information. I'm not saying you need to like do a DNA test or anything, but I do think that people oftentimes go wrong. And we meet people who are like, I read a romance novel once 10 years ago and I hated it. And I've never read, read one since. And we're like, okay, well, if you didn't like one fiction book, would you stop reading all of fiction? Mm-hmm. But so we understand that basically you really do only get one shot. So at least if you're going to ask one question, I will ask people, you know, do you want historical, contemporary, or paranormal? I will also generally ask them about um, what level of spiciness they want. Because again, if someone is like expecting something very graphic and they just like kiss and close the door, they're probably not going to like it and vice versa. Now I will answer your question. (laughs) So... Well, I want to, can I ask a second question? Can I ask a follow-up sure. you can add? Okay. So, so give us the top recommendations, but then also if this, I'm going to answer your questions. I want this. Okay. I want the spiciest paranormal romance recommendation. Okay. Great. Yeah. Um, Talia Hibbert is a winner with most everybody. Um, get a life Chloe Brown and that series. It's a really good heat level. It's kind of like somewhere in the middle. They're not like doing anything crazy, but they're also like having sex on the page. Um, so that's tends to be a winner with most people I have found. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then if people like want, if they tell me they want something like pretty, pretty spicy, um, then we might, we, you know, the line between erotica and just regular romance is getting blurrier by the day. Mm-hmm. Um, we still have an erotica section because I have found that people like to like feel like they're in the spicy section um it's kind of a sales thing Sierra Simone is one of my favorite erotica writers I try to kind of feel people out because she kind of gets a little weird sometimes so um there's also a lot about religion in the books so. I was gonna say if, if you're about to you're about to touch on priest and sinner I some of my favorite books I've read this year and I have tried so hard to get Phoebe to read them. And so if you want to give an extra Catholic push- school and I just <laughs> yeah. can't do it. <laughs> I was raised Jewish. I'm now an atheist. Like, honestly, I'm being a hundred percent serious. Sinner and saint have made me understand why people are religious more than pretty much anything ever, including like that, talking to people. I'm, that is exactly what I told her. I said, I've never <laughs> felt closer to God. <laughs> she, like she literally, like I literally was like, huh. Maybe I should check this out. I think that she writes so uniquely. I, I mean, I've never read, I can see how some people uh, would be like, whoa, I wasn't expecting that. Like she writes so emotionally and beautifully. Uh, I and I thought so it was, agree. yeah. And I thought it was just priest and sinner. And I haven't read Saint yet, but it is, I like cannot wait. I need, I know I need to emotionally prepare myself for it. So that's why it's like been, like on, you know, I put it on hold, but I'm currently reading um, American Queen. Well, I'm on American Prince. It's one of the things we don't have to make this podcast all about Sarah Simone, but um, 
because I read so much of the same thing, um, I really respond to creativity mm. in romances and people who take big swings. And honestly, mm. even if it doesn't always work, um, I really respect that. Um, Katie Robert is another person who does that I, in erotica. Yeah. Um, she's like wrote this whole Disney villain series and it's like batshit crazy, but like, it's actually really good. So go to books. Let's say you're like, I love Pride and Prejudice. I love history. Go to historicals for me are Tessa Dare. Everything she writes is amazing. Um, Night to Surrender is a great place to start for people. I feel like it's a really good introduction to Regency romance novels. Um, if you want more spice in your historical, then um, The Duke I Tempted by Scarlett Peckham is a historical that also has um, like some BDSM stuff going on. Um, the Raycast by her is also fantastic. She's a really good historical writer. Um, and then uh, Paranormal, um, honestly, it's my least expertise-ish genre, but uh, if I, I try, I, another question we'll ask people is like, do you want something more serious or more comedic? There's also this uh, Shifter series I really like by uh, Maria Vale. They're uh, Forever Wolf, like something, they all have wolf in the title. I don't know where that falls in the series. It might not be the first one. Um, but again, it's really hard to write you know, new uh, shifter werewolf kind of things. And when I read, it, I was like, oh, this feels like very, like a very fresh take hmm. um, on this. There's like two types of customers. It's really funny. I, I usually like, and I tell my booksellers, I'm like, you, you know, somebody asks you for a recommendation, you want to give them three. So it's like not to overwhelm them. And then I'll, I'll say to people like, would you like me to keep going? And then some people are like, oh no, like, no, 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 this is, I have to like choose. And some people are like, yes, never stop. <laughs> um, and then- and we'll just load them up. Oh, I know. I can't wait. I want to go so badly, uh, purely for that reason. Obviously important. You're mentioning um, the paper supply chain and mm. the, basically the the threat of the book shortage um, yeah. that they've been saying this holiday season. Yes. The paper supply chain, AKA my waking nightmares, but we have many exciting things for the holidays. So the first thing, if you're listening to this and you're like, I would like for you to recommend books for me based on all of my answers to those questions. I will do that. Um, we do Ooh. custom care packages Ooh. and we send you this Google doc with like all, basically all the questions I just asked you. Mm -hmm. um, and you can choose the books yourself. You can be like, I want to get a life boy Brown and a mug or whatever. Or you can be like, I want smutty historicals that are with it came out in the last year or something like that. And I will choose them for you. Um, and you can also pick like all this other stuff in the store, pretty much anything we sell and you can get it for yourself. You can send it to somebody. Um, and I literally pack them all myself. I don't have my staff do it mainly because I think it's fun. We do, uh, these things called trope trios. Um, so it's a book, our tea, and then a mug in like a little gift bag all around the same trope. And there are six of them, um, such as there's only one bed. Um, and our new one for this year is snowed in I N N. Um, that is so. one of my all time favorites. <laughs> there you go. I love a snowed in trope. <laughs> um, so that's like all done for you. If you don't want to like mess around with worrying stuff, like it's all done. And then we have two other gift boxes, like same deal. We, and we get stuff from like other small makers. So one has like socks and like stickers and, you know, stuff that we get. Um, so we got all kinds, all kinds of gifty stuff. It's like right on the homepage of our website. It says holiday shop. 
Cool. We'll have all of that linked. That's awesome. I'm and that is like something that just really shows you above and beyond how much our bookstores do for us. Also, yeah. if you don't know what you want, um, you can get a gift card or you can tell someone to get a gift card for you. Also, I'm sorry, I'm going on and on. Um, but we have a lot of stuff. Uh, we do a subscription box throughout the year. Um, it's called Read Romance Repeat. Um, and this will be our second full year. We started in January last year. Um, and you don't have to think about it at all. We will just send you two romance novels every month, plus another thing, um, such as socks, notebook, bath bomb, candle, that kind of thing. And you can get it like for a set amount of time, six months, 12 months, or you can just pay every month until you feel like canceling and then you can cancel it. Um, and it's very fun to have delivered to your door. I actually get one delivered to my house um, oh. just so I can make sure it like looks nice and everything. Um, and it's very exciting. The gift um, that goes on all year. Those are the best. What happens every single time these get presented, I'm like, I should get them for someone else, but I'm just going to get them for me. Well, I'll get one for so, you if you get one for me. Deal. Sold. <laughs> Perfect. Our birthdays Sold. are a day apart, so it can just be... <laughs> I love it. <laughs> right at Christmas too. So. Yes. <laughs> um, all right. So obviously with the pandemic, I know in-person events have been um, few and far between, but you've been open since before the pandemic. So did you have like, what was your favorite in-person event? And like, is there like a dream event that you have to host? Oh, what a good question about the dream one. I'm immediately like, oh, um, yeah. So before pandemic, you know, we have a very robust uh, event schedule, usually probably about a dozen a month. Our book club started meeting again in person in September outside. Um, and that has been going well. So we are, our very first in-person event post-pandemic is uh, December 9th, I think. Um, it's our comedy show, which we had done every month. And it was like the most fun event. Um, so we're going to try that out and see how it goes. Um, you do have to be vaccinated in order to come. We love that. You have to buy, you, you have to buy a ticket, um, because, so that we can like control the number of people. And we are starting to schedule authors for after the new year. So I think it's going to be, you know, sort of hybrid going forward. We're, we're still feeling it out. I will say there is a author, a local Los Angeles author, whose name is Sarah Kuhn. Um, and she, you know, came into the store pretty soon after we opened and was just lovely and started sort of hanging out and writing in the store. And this is unintentionally going to be a sad story. Sorry. Um, we, we had a dog, um, whose name was Fitz and he was sort of our mascot and everybody loved him. And he was the greatest one-eyed chihuahua. And he and Sarah were best friends. <laughs> um, he would sit on the couch while she wrote, um, and they loved each other. And this Sarah writes a romantic uh, sort of urban fantasy series. Um, mm. Starts with heroines complex. It's really good. For the third, and and she wrote Fitz into the book. His name was Pancake in the is Pancake in the book. And for the third book, uh, the girl who owns Pancake is like the the star of it. And so the artist needed was like asking her if she had any like inspiration for the cover art so she sent him pictures of Fitz and so he literally just drew Fitz so he's on the cover of the third book which is called Heroine's Journey 
And so we had a big party for it. And it was like jokingly themed to be like Fitz and Sarah's party. And he like sat with her while she signed books. And it was very adorable. And I'm sorry he has now died, but, and I'm really regretting telling this story because no, it's really sad. So but it was just, He's immortalized. It was, it was really. <laughs> It was really cute. I'll think of a happier one also. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's so special. Um, I, I would say anytime someone who I am like personally a huge fan of like shows up, um, it's pretty exciting. Um, Emily Nagoski is somebody that comes to mind. She writes nonfiction. She wrote this book called Come As You Are. She's like a really famous sex educator. She also writes romance under Emily Foster. And she came and she did like kind of a sex ed class for adults. And I swear to God, like everyone was just sitting there like wrapped. Like we, we, were, we were all just like hanging on her every word because she's like a genius. So dream people. Um, oh gosh. Um... You know, unfortunately, I don't, uh, the dream is Nora Roberts, but Nora Roberts has her own bookstore. So she does all mm. of her events at her bookstore. So she has no reason to come to California, but let's, you know, throw it out there. Um, you know, honestly, we've had a lot of the dream ones. Like Beverly Jenkins was definitely a dream person yeah. until until she came out. And she's like the coolest person ever. Our friend Haley got me hooked on Beverly Jenkins. That's amazing. Just, she, like what a, she's just a legend. And she's not even that old. Like she's been writing forever. And I met her and I was like, I expected you to be older. Um, we had Denise Williams on uh, last mm. week, two weeks ago. And awesome. she is, um, she's ordained. So she has married. Denise or Beverly? Denise. Denise. Oh, that's <laughs> so, so I'm just, cool. I'm thinking about book events. And so I was like, wait, I could just like imagine like a wedding at the Ripped Bodice hosted by your favorite roast or, or done by officiated. That's the word. I just okay. got married. That's I should know that. Um, by your favorite romance awesome. novels. Okay, so it is, speaking of dream events, okay, I was not thinking about that. Dream events is I want someone to get married at the store. Because- Have had yeah. proposals? I feel like- Yes. That, yeah. We've had two proposals, um, both of which were awesome. And we've also done, we just did, not that long ago, a wedding somewhere else where we did the book bar. Okay, I, I couldn't remember if that was you or not. And I was telling yes. Ashley about it. And I was like, yes. I just got married in April. And I was like, what did I, I missed the opportunity. I mean, you and so many people. So we put that on TikTok and it has like a bazillion, like more than it's our most viewed video or whatever. Um, and all these people were like, I can't believe I'm already married. <laughs> um, it was so cool. It was so, it was at this, there's a hotel right down the street from us, the Culver Hotel. And it's this like beautiful historic hotel. So they were getting married there. And I, they had a really eclectic choice, which I really liked, like selection. So they had like Anne of Green Gables, Princess Bride, some like childhood favorites. And then they had like Shakespeare plays that they'd read together in college. And then like Stephen King and like things they liked reading now. It, it was great. And just like the guests loved it. It was like during the cocktail hour, you know, like if people would like come over and they got to like pick a book. And then we had the stickers with like the couple's name and their wedding date. But I'm just thinking like Phoebe and I's 30th birthdays are next yeah. year. So like, I, 
A book bar could also work for a birthday party. I'm just saying. Any occasion. So from that TikTok video, I are oh, we've already booked our next wedding. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, that was not till 2023. She was so excited. I was literally like, your wedding is like in a while. You have like time. She was like, no, I want to do it now. I was like, okay. Um, So we will come to your wedding. Um, But we've not actually had someone get married in the store. Mm -hmm. Um, So that I'll I'll put that on the bucket list um, as something that, I would like to do one day. That would be cool. All right. So, if you're listening and you're engaged, yeah. we're yeah. available. Do it for us. I had a whole extra year because I was a pandemic bride and I still uh, didn't sure. get to do it. Sure. <laughs> um, okay. So who is your favorite or top five? Because narrowing it down to one is cruel. Um, your favorite romance authors. Nora Roberts. I'm given, I'm given a spot to Nora Roberts. I'm giving a spot to... Alyssa Cole. Love Alyssa Cole. I'm giving a spot to, oh my God, this is freaking hard. I'm going to give a spot to Christina Lauren. I like pretty much everything they write. I think I'm going to give a spot to Beverly Jenkins. I don't know. Oh, Sierra. I'll give it to Sierra. Um, Sierra Simone. <laughs> it's not a perfect list, but we'll, we'll call that the list. I feel like they change with the seasons anyway, depending on the, yeah. uh, the mood that oh, you're, for you're sure. in. And all, literally my mood, like, yeah, it's just, you know, that was like mainly contemporary. Like sometimes I'm in a, a different kind of mood. I know that I can never answer that. I mean, it really yeah. does change. It's like, who, what, mm-hmm. what five authors have I read this month? And those are my five favorites. Yeah. And, and I feel like particularly with the romance genre is people that haven't read it yet think of it as a very narrow genre and they don't understand the the like how vast it really is and how there really is something for everyone I mean you can get that closed door cutesy hallmark contemporary and you can get the vampire like or you can get like the 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 like smutty omega verse too you know like you you can get it all yeah it's just yeah I think you're exactly right people tend to think of it as a monolith and but it's not necessarily their fault let's give people the benefit Mm -hmm. of the doubt if the what that they are exposed to is the one shelf at Mm -hmm. the stores we were talking about in the beginning I I feel like that that's a good segue into what do you have to say about I mean one of the things that we that Phoebe and I talk about a lot particularly with romance is how much crap romance gets and takes from um others in the book community or just maybe in the public in 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 general about um I don't know about about it being somehow not as worthy as a genre of literature as 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 award-winning Pulitzer prize you know national book award books so what is your so, I mean, Phoebe and I have 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 a, a monologue about what we go on when, when people say that. But what is your what is your commentary? What are your thoughts to somebody that says that? Well, it's really different than what it was six years ago. Um, it's real. I I should go find some interview that I did like right when we opened. Um, and I I don't know if it's necessarily the answer you're looking for. Um, but the answer is have a nice life. I'm no longer, I thought that it was part of my responsibility to change people's minds. 
um, when we first opened. And I thought, I actually, and again, I tend to look at things um, often from an economic and business standpoint. Um, I thought I needed to, to get more customers. Because I was like, well, everyone in the neighborhood is not going to be a romance reader. So like, I'm going to have to convert some of these people. No, don't have to. <laughs> I, I was like, no, we got, we got plenty of romance readers. Um, like you're trying to convince anybody of anything. Um, there's not much point if their mind is already made up. My time is valuable. And there are a lot of people who would love to talk to me about why romance novels are great. So it's, I just don't spend that much time worrying about those people. And again, because economically, I don't need to. If one day our business was struggling and I was like, okay, I got to go find some new romance readers. Yeah, maybe I'd be out here trying to convert people. But as long as our business is doing great, it's like, why would I, you know? And again, there's a difference between someone who just genuinely has no experience with romance. And we get people all the time who, and you can tell we have a lot of experience with this, like, come to it from a place of like genuine curiosity and like, I don't really know what's going on here, but like maybe I would like it kind of thing versus this is dumb and I want you to convince me otherwise. Mm. Like, well, mm-hmm. like, no, you why? don't. You just want to no, fight. No, you don't. You just want to <laughs> argue with me and I don't, I, I do not receive that. I do not consent to having this argument go on with your life. Here, we, here comes the rant. Okay, romance is not a monolith. So when we, there's, all romance is feminist, false. Lots of people who write romance novels would say, of course, I'm not a feminist, like, whatever. So romance is not a monolith. Like, there's plenty of horrible romance written by crazy people who believe that women do not deserve rights. Let's pretend, set that aside. (laughs) Um, So to our hypothetical person, I, the interesting thing to me is where people learned this romance is dumb, romance is trash, rom- it's bad, what, or whatever, it's not feminist, right. whatever, where they learned it, because so often um, it's like, and they don't always know, but it's like this subconscious thing where their mom or aunt or grandma read romance novel and their dad or uncle or grandpa was always making fun of it. Mm. Not always, obviously, again, I'm generalizing, trying to tease out where, you know, negative uh, associations with romance come from. And it's usually from men um, because the genre is dominated by women. Again, we're not generalizing about gender, but <laughs> I so... don't think any men listen to our podcast. So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it just you know it's just and not to make everything about the patriarchy but everything is about the patriarchy Mm -hmm. um so it just is like you know if you think about publishing in the you know 60s and 70s it's like all other genres I like 100% male editor Uh, back to my whole, I, you know, don't engage in this discussion anymore. Again, we're engaging in it right now. So that's clearly a lie, but every reporter asks this question. It's sort of like, does romance have a bad reputation or does you asking why does romance have a bad reputation perpetuate the bad reputation? That's kind of the, the philosophy that we both have taken in the last year where we're just like, this is what I read. And if you don't like it, like, that's fine. It goes in my brain, not yours. 
I think I was spending like a lot of time defending the genre. It's like, this is not how I want to spend my time. I have books to sell to people who want them. So, and some very exciting things. So we know that you work with Sony. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes and no. It's honestly less, I just have less information than people think I do. Um, Okay, yes. So Sony Studios is um, the largest independent production studio, I think in the world, I don't know, Los Angeles. They happen to be right down the street from us. That's not why they hired us, but um, it is very convenient when I have to go there um, because I can walk. But basically, how long have we been open? Uh, so it's been almost <laughs> three years yeah like I think we've been doing this like almost three years I'm just going to tell you something about Hollywood which I'll get to in a second um hurry up and but, wait <laughs> uh yeah people are just like ex- they're excited about this which I so appreciate and they're like when will I see your thing on tv and I'm like literally in five years <laughs> well yeah and the pandemic did not help with right. how okay. backed up yes. things are <laughs> yes right because we've been doing this for three years and we don't have anything to show for it physically um but we do have things to show for it behind the scenes um yeah pandemic definitely didn't help so um yeah basically sony sony made outlander um and they were sort of like this was more popular than we were expecting um and um we don't know that much about the genre um so we would like to hire you um to help us phoebe knows a lot about hollywood but for those of you who do not we are sort of half book scouts which are like the people at film studios who read books and are like we should make this into something um and then we're also producers which is obviously the dumbest word on the planet because it means nothing from a literal standpoint what it means is that when i read a book that i think would make a good tv show this is very important we do not do movies we only do tv shows which makes things a lot harder because many things that would be a successful movie cannot be five seasons of a television show Mm. um so when I read something that I think would be good for us um I then talk to my my handlers at Sony um (laughs) and um they either say yes or no um and the interesting thing is in the first year of doing this I probably sent them like a hundred things and they said yes to one um and then in this year since I've probably sent them like six things and they've said yes to like three so I'm much better at it now (laughs) um they option books on our behalf which means that they pay the money um and they own the rights for a certain period of time um for us to work on them um which means getting uh writers and sometimes directors and actors but usually just writers um and other producers and then the whole reason I said Sony is an independent um, production company is they, they don't have their own streaming platform. So once we're ready, we then go around town, literally like go to the offices of Netflix and HBO and every person you've ever heard of, believe me, there's more than you've ever heard of. Sometimes they're, they're like, we're going to I can make a joke about Quibi because it doesn't exist anymore. They're like, go, we're going to Quibi. I'm like, what the heck is that? Like, <laughs> they like, I'm like, are you making up words? And we try to get them to buy this now package that we put together. 
um, to then, you know, make for their streaming company. So actually, and also most of it is a secret. So um, the only book that's ever been made public is Forbidden by Beverly Jenkins, um, which we, by way of Sony, own the rights to and have been trying to work, make for like three years. We're still wow. working on it. I, we re- again, we like really don't have an update. That, so basically we sold it and then two months into the pandemic, they were like, sorry. Yeah. And, yeah. They it, and they sold it back to us. And but. you have to like predict like what audiences are still going to be genuinely interested in, in two, three, five years time, which is probably the hardest part. I feel like. Absolutely. To, Cause like yeah. all of the witchy books that came out this year, when the chilling adventures of Sabrina first came out, and everyone was like, is this like still what people are interested in? Is this the rom-com that people want? <laughs> yeah. No, it's, yeah, it's, and that was actually a great example. Like, no, you cannot sell, you cannot sell, sell a witch show to save your life because there's like five. And it's interesting. It's like, as soon as there's something to compare it to, that's both a good thing and a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, cause it's like, well, we already have this, so why would we make this? But they're like, this is really successful. So we want something like it, but not it. Yeah. So yeah, it's, uh, it's fascinating. Um, Sony is great to us. We really like them. Um, and they're delightful. I tell everyone who I walk into a room with, I'm like, hello, I'm not a television producer. I own a bookstore. Like, <laughs> I understand that you're confused about why I'm here. I'm also confused. One day, one day we will make something happen well we cannot Uh, wait (laughs) yeah and something to look forward to and until then we have your bookstore we have (laughs) everything you offer on your website all the things we talked about with the holiday season I am excited I'm going to be placing an order the second we get off yes (laughs) thank you so much for your time this has been so much fun we'll have everything linked in our show notes and I'll have everything up on my website as well on readandwrite.com do you have any final thoughts for our listeners Thank you very much for having me. Um, and yeah, find us. Um, you can find us online on pretty much any platform. We're new to TikTok. Come hang out with us. We have no idea what we're doing. Um, and we're just, you know, making fools of ourselves. Um, but yes, you do not have to live in Los Angeles to hang out with us um, in cyberspace or order from us. Um, but also you don't have to, you can just hang out with us for free. Um, but if you're ever in Los Angeles, um, please come say hi. We would love to meet you and order early shop local be nice to retail employees yes we (laughs) second all of those thank you so much leah okay do you think that like i can pay her to be my friend or like how can we arrange that leah b if you're listening we hope that you are applications are out send us the linkedin (laughs) information we are ready uh if you ever want to open an East Coast version, <laughs> I will happily, happily work yes, there. Seriously, I will work there. No, I mean, I immediately, Phoebe, like we finished this interview and I opened up a tab on my phone and I placed an order. I was so excited. If you have the time, highly recommend checking out their online store, which we have linked and Leah mentioned. There are really great um, gift options out there. I ordered myself some of the trope tea and uh, it's, if you're looking to support an independent bookstore or if you have a romance reader in your life or you need something to add to your list, we highly recommend checking them out.
yeah, they have so much, they have so many cool things on their website that are beyond just selling books. You can obviously get books on their online store, but they've got mugs and uh, t-shirts, bookmarks, bookmarks and t-shirts and the trope tees, which I bought, also bought one of every single type. So we love a well-rounded trope reader. <laughs> I was just like so I was like I need to try them all so I love I love everything that they're doing and thank you so much to Leah and B for um allowing us this opportunity stop by today's Instagram post at read it or list it pod with your thoughts on today's episode and let us know any other independent bookstores that you love and maybe we can have them on the show as well thanks so much for listening we'll see you next time Original music by Jake Thorne. Podcast produced and edited by me, Ashley Chandler, and Phoebe Wright. You can find us on Instagram at Read It or List It Pod. All rights reserved 2020.